Scott and Liam versus Evil. Is that, I don't know if that's, if that's the actual tune. Is that the tune? I don't know. I was just. That was a laugh of caught me off guard and <laughs> relief that it wasn't the fucking proclaimers again. <laughs> I should have went with a better. Uh, hold on. Let, 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 me, let me scratch. Try again. Um, oh, fuck. How did that one go? See, I really should prepare these these impromptu um, off the cuff ridiculousnesses that I come up with and, and say they try to do them actually off the cuff because I never remember. If you've got to try sing a French song though, surely you'd pick the the most famous French song of all time. Bonnie and Clyde. That one? <laughs> no. Frère nope. Jacques. Frère Jacques. Nah. Shall we keep going? No, no, you can stop. I would, do you want actually a good one I heard? Oh, Sean's Elise. Start. Oh, Sean's Elise. And I thought, is that kind of like just singing a Oh, Buchanan Street? You know, because it doesn't sound as good when you put in a Glaswegian. But those lyrics sound almost identical to the shit that you were saying last week when you were doing the Proclaimers. Yeah, very good. I bet you there must be a couple of listeners out there who have said, I've heard the 500 Miles album. I'm going to actually check out the rest of their back catalogue and thought, Do you know what? That Scott's got a point. If anybody has listened to it and thought, ah, I've not heard 500 miles, then what have they been doing with all their well, life? That's exactly the point that I'm just about to make. I was listening back to last week's episode and you completely slagged me down for saying that the Proclaimers are the best Scottish band ever and I still stand by it because, name, like, name me a better band. Name me a band that you, there you go. We were slagging you for saying they were the best British band of all time. We've been the best Scottish band, they've no got a whole lot of competition out there. I, I might, I may actually stand by British band as well. Well, it's definitely way better British bands. Joy Division, Pink Floyd. See, the thing is, you you say these Pink, Pink Floyd are fucking garbage, man. <laughs> you say people um, about you've just you just pissed the same amount of people off at the start of this episode as you did at the start <laughs> of the last episode. Do you know what I'm fine? If it's to say that Pink Floyd are shit, I'm I'm fine with that. You do you know? You say to people those bands, you say like somebody in the street and say, sing me a, a Joy Division song, they'll be like, um, Love, love will tear us apart. But you, you, again. Aye, but how many people will, will jump straight to that? You ask somebody, like, sing a Pink Floyd song, and they'll be like, um, I'm not sure, but you say, Oh no, it's just a, another <laughs> brick in the wall. And you say to somebody, tell me a Proclaimer song, everybody in the whole world knows 500 miles. I go, ah, oh mate, the only one I know is that 500 miles, but why are you asking me to sing the Proclaimers? We're in the middle of the street, you fucking douche. <laughs> and why would I want to sing the Proclaimers? I still stand by it. I still stand by it. I do. Welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil, episode 95. I'm Liam. And I am Scott Mackenzie Howley Esquire. <laughs> That's a way better way to start it yeah. than just their first names. Well, I was watching Bill and Ted and he says, uh, Ted, uh, what does he say? Bill, Bill, Bill S. Preston. No, Ted. Somebody says Esquire. Do they? No, maybe they don't. One of them does, I just don't know. What, who it is. what, does, it, what does Esquire mean? Uh, does it not just mean you're like a kind of junior? So, like, 
when it used to come in, Master Scott McKenzie Howley, like any kind of letters that were sent to you, is Esquire not just the same as that? Do you need, is that like, is that if you're the junior of the house, like because you're the junior of the house or because you're named the same as your father? Pass. Mm. I would assume it's because you're the junior of the house. Alright, well that's not me then. This is actually a great way to have our warning at the start that everything we say that we think is based in fact is 95% inaccurate so don't get pissy at us <laughs> yeah everything you hear uh, on this on these episodes is all comedy nothing is <laughs> even true stuff even the stuff we claim to be true is all fake do your own research don't take anything we say at face value <laughs> yeah like right there when I say I think Esquire is the same as Master because you're the junior of the house in no way shape or form do I know if that's true or not but I will pass it off as cold hard facts yeah damn until right somebody tells me otherwise thing isn't it fake it till you make it brother <laughs> that brother came off the tongue naturally there by the way <laughs> that, that came off the tongue far too naturally uh, anyway this is episode 95 it's my pick and there's a I've got a little story about this pick are you ready for the story Scott I don't yeah. care because I'm going to tell you right. anyway uh, Podcast Under the Stairs ha- run a subset of shows called Choose Your Own Horror and episode 3 covered a movie called Cure it was directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa and no- I've been telling Scott constantly and updates listening that I have been watching Japanese samurai movies relentlessly for the past like 2 months to the point that I feel I may be half Japanese so I heard Kurosawa and I was like fucking yes do you know what I'm going to go and watch that. He's no relation to Akira Kurosawa, whose films I've been watching, but I remember him from watching J-Horrors around the time that The Ring and stuff like that came out. So I've never seen Cure. I'm going to check it out. I listen to Duncan. I hear his review. It's fucking good. It makes the movie sound amazing. And you should go and listen to it and then watch the film. So I checked it out. I was like, this movie's the fucking tits, man. What else has he done? What else has he done? Pulse. I was like, I fucking forgot all about Pulse. I bought Pulse at the same time, The Ring and Dark Water, and all of that shit was coming out in the kind of early 2000s. And I, I remember really, really liking Pulse. And because me and Scott like to pick things that are on streaming sites, just so like everybody's got a chance to watch it if they've never seen it, like Demon Wind, I seen Pulse was on Shudder. So I was like, fuck it, that's my pick. Pulse, and that is why we're now here talking about Pulse from 2001, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. I apologise if that story wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Ah, oh, Discoody. Ah, <laughs> oh, somebody please Discoody me. <laughs> that's my that's my Japanese. Uh, we find out in this movie that Japan that is Japanese for help me. So I please God somebody Discoody. I haven't watched this fucking fish. That is, it's, see when, right, so I, I, I said to Scott, my pick's going to be Pulse, here it is, here's the link, watch it and shudder. Scott came back to me a few nights later and said, I can't believe I've just put myself through two hours of that. Heavily paraphrased, but Scott didn't enjoy it. So I was like, right, I need to rewatch it. Maybe, is this an R13 ghost? Is this one that I, I'm not going to enjoy as much as I did when I first watched it? So I rewatched Pulse, and you are completely in the wrong Scott. Pulse is <laughs> even better upon rewatch. No, I have some theories as to why anyone could like this movie, and we'll discuss them as we go through. But no, this this is fucking bonkers, pish. No, even bonkers, <laughs> not even good bonkers, just just garbage. 
but you're the type of guy that probably would like the American remake. I, did I, I say something to you along those lines when I, after I watched it, like how the American remakes are, are better, and then you told me that there's a, an American remake of Pulse? Yes. That I didn't watch, but you you didn't um, behold much gratification for. Like the Ring remake of Ringu was very, very good. See, I, very... See, I can never say Ringu without thinking of Pingu. I just call it Ring. Okay, the Ring remake of the Japanese version of the Ring, which is called Ringu, <laughs> call it the Ring because that's not its fucking title, uh, was good. The American remake of The Grudge was actually still pretty good. The remake of Dark Water was less less enjoyable, and the remake of Pulse was like mind-numbingly fucking awful, terrible. I own it in DVD, and I didn't realise I owned it in DVD until I went to find this, and I was like, oh my god, I actually own the American version. And it's dog shite, man. Total dog shite. It must be just like a step up of dog shite than the original, though, eh? You are a dick. Right. Uh, there's no point in playing the trailer, because it's all in Japanese, and apart from like the two listens that we get from Japan every week, uh, I don't think MDLs will understand Japanese. Also, if you are one of the two listens in Japan... Let us know, because we want to know if you're actually real. Mushy mushy. <laughs> uh, the synopsis for Pulse is two groups of people discover evidence that suggests spirits may be trying to invade the human world through the internet. As I said, it's directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who's no relation to Akira Kurosawa. Uh, but he did direct Pulse, Tokyo Sonata, Cure... That is quite impressive, and therefore this movie automatically gets at least a 25 for just being, or just having an impressive director. Okay, Scott? Okay. Right, go on with your notes. Uh, so it's the, the, it starts off on a boat, and uh, so also uh, hard to port in Japanese is hard to port. I like learning new languages. <laughs> Lovely bus graphics. Lovely bus graphics. <laughs> that's maybe how you're not going to enjoy any of these movies, Scott, because if you're watching them and that's literally the only thing you thought worth writing down. <laughs> I always start movies, especially ones that you've picked, by thinking, fuck, I better start writing notes because I don't want to get the end of nothing written down. And then, you know, like, I eventually obviously write enough for episodes, but I always feel at the start that it's going to be so boring and so pissed that there's nothing even to write down, but so sometimes the beginnings of my notes is a bit rubbish, but um, That's quite worrying, because your notes are usually absolutely padded out with fucking drivel, so see if you just write down <laughs> the good, uh, interesting points, if there are, even if there's only two, it's then way more interesting than listening to you going oh, nice bus graphics No, I think the people like to hear my nonsense no, they don't. That's what they come back for. That's why that's that's why you're here tonight, isn't it, gentlemen? Um, gentlemen, what are ladies not like to listen? Yeah, ladies also too. <laughs> that was actually that was a, that was a just that was a quote from a Blink One Eighty Two documentary. So if anybody watched uh, the Urethra Chronicles, harder, faster, faster, harder than they would have got that. Fuck my notes. <laughs> that was a fuck it. That was a fucking Blink One Eighty Two deep cut, was it not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, right. So we, we get to see this creepy bastard standing behind his tarpaulin sheets yep. in his house. And then she's like, what have you been up to all alone? Like, like wanking. Yeah, that's what that's what he's been doing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we follow this kind of group of friends and one of them is not showed up for work very well and then one of the lassies goes to, goes to go and get him. And uh, he says, the work that I've been working on is there in that disc for you. Um, so she goes to get it while he walks away to, to another room. 
and then she comes back in pretty graphic imagery. She, he has hung himself. It was pretty graphic. He was got like stretched neck and all the rest of it. But for the time it took him to go through there and hang himself, to the time that she went in to find him, she probably had enough time to save him. If she cut him down and started CPR instead of hiding behind a sheet like a big pansy. Aye, but she didn't know he was doing it. Yeah, but she still seen that he'd done it. Like when she found him, she could have still tried to help him then, but she said she just like rose away. I bet. Thank you. The way he looks, which is creepy as fuck, by the way. And if you say otherwise, you're a liar. No, I, did, that's, that... I said it was graphic imagery. I was agreeing with that part. You said graphic imagery. You didn't say it was actually creepy, though. Graphic imagery just means it's an image. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was creepy. And actually, really unsettling. But if she's came out, it's, it looks like he's been dead for quite a long time. And because this is kind of and supernatural maybe there was nothing she could do do you think she's seen a ghost telling her that the disc was there uh, was that what it was because this movie is kind of totally all over the place for you know their, their logic so it, it possibly could be yeah it logically has holes behind the whole thing she's a bit like a, a kind of huge gaping fucking anuses no because it's like a dream where is the logic in dreams you could be walking down the street and then suddenly you look down and you've got the feet of a penguin and you're like, oh fuck, and then you're flying a plane. There's no logic in dreams, and this movie's quite dreamlike, so you can, <laughs> the logic can take a back seat. I had a dream last night that, uh, that I was, I was between doing my regular life, like working as a nurse for the last 12 years, I was also training to be a doctor, and I hadn't went to any training, but uh, I was taking my exams last night, and I was just like, I just thought it was mental in my dream that like I'd not studied at all, but I was still ready to be a doctor. <laughs> I don't know why, I'd hate to be a doctor, man, how much pressure. It'd be quite sad, though, if in your dreams you still had to actually work and work and work at medical school, because that's not really a dream for me. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so she's went to visit this guy working on this floppy disk, and he kills himself. Yeah, and then afterwards they ask, they ask her, because she, obviously she was there to see the body, was it awful? And she goes, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm glad you're fine, hen. I get chase you, isn't <laughs> And then somebody says to her, hey, why so gloomy? Hey, because her pal's just killed himself, for fuck's sake. People handle things in different ways. The, no, the dialogue, or at least the translated dialogue in this movie, is pretty poor. It is translated, though. So you, you can't you can't blame that in the dialogue of the movie, because what if it's actually really detailed and descriptive? But just not on the subtitles, because like, see if you watch subtitles with things that you can actually, in English, that you understand... Sometimes you shorten things down, like, dramatically. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, when you, uh uh-huh, you're correct. Uh, so, they, no, did they start, they start looking, is it looking at the disc, is that where they find some of this stuff? They find, like, a, like, a webcam footage of Taguchi's room. Yeah. And it's, like, a, a, either, I think it's a still image. He's, like, staring at the, the wall, or, like, so they, and then they zoom in to the reflection on his computer, but there is no way that old computer could produce enough pixels to give a high resolution picture to what they, you know, zooming into how they wanted it to look. Yeah, it's still a wee bit pixely, but I get, I get what you're saying, but it's still, yeah, there's still obvious pixels. And then she's already freaked out by the TV. By, as in the she TV and... Where, where are we? Right, she gets freaked out by a TV, right? Because my note is, why is she already freaked out by the TV? Is that because of the computer, i.e. the computer they looked at and t- like seen t- the video of Taguchi when they zoomed in in the picture? The two are not related at this point. Does she know more than we do? What? 
I took that as they looked at this picture, which is of Taguchi's room, and staring into the computer screen, and she's seen something on the computer screen, which was a face. Yeah, and then she gets scared for the telly. Or weird, crappy, shitey telly that's sitting on a chair, <laughs> not even on a like TV cabinet, just in a chair in the corner. So yeah, you never mentioned the scary face in the computer screen, but you mentioned the weird telly in the corner. The scary face was just a reflection of uh, Taguchi's face, wasn't it? No. Hmm. It was made to be a ghost. Oh, scary. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get introduced to like a new character who's this kind of like Japanese suffer good, like kind of trendy guy. And he's uh, setting up uh, his computer and he's like, Welcome to the internet door. As a as he sets up, like puts in the disc. Remember, you said you used to have a, to put in a disc. Do you remember dial up internet? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, to put that fucking. <laughs> yeah, to put up a, put in a disc to uh, like upload the software for then being able to connect your modem. And then in this movie, obviously, it's oldest is like the birth of the internet. So I can see where they're coming from, like making the internet scary. Uh, but like the dial up noise comes. And then, I thought you were going. I thought. I honestly thought you were going to do it. I was. I, I thought about it, but I, I, it's. I, it just hurt my throat. I think you just it's just screeching. But do you remember? Remember dial up, and it used to take the phone line out as well. Yeah, like your mum would come in and go fucking mental that you had been up cyber sexing on it, <laughs> <laughs> and nobody could get through to the phone. Like there, there, there was there was your grand line, dude, and you were just <laughs> trying to rip, rip the heat off it, and they take the phone out in, in an old chat room or some. Faceless person tells you to piss through the tights and all that. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. We have, we have. I also asked, what did they mean by pissing through their tights? <laughs> I never found it. <laughs> Do you, mem- you remember like old chat rooms and that? It was so bizarre. The early internet was like the Wild West. What was your ESL? Like when oh, people asked? Well, it depends when it was, wasn't it? So it's like... No, I see you used a, truth- a truthful one. Yeah, then. yeah, 16... Um, Glasgow probably or Scotland, depending on which ah. happened. What did you say? Twenty-four F. Eighteen M Glasgow, but I always was eighteen, even for like fucking eleven <laughs> and twelve. <laughs> I was eighteen. They would have clearly understood that I wasn't eighteen if any actual eighteen-year-olds were talking to me. Yeah, but obviously it was all pedos anyway. So, <laughs> so we started talking about fitness stickers and Pokemon cards. They were like fucking jizzing off the place. <laughs> Well, I know what I was like at 18, and I would still have been quite cool with Pokemon cards and paper stickers. <laughs> That'd actually be quite a good chat for me if I was 18. <laughs> I got a shiny Alan McCoyce. Woohoo! <laughs> Alan McCoyce was never a shiny. You never ever got Alan McCoyce because he was the best player. That's just... I don't know a whole lot about football, but the, the, the base knowledge that I do have, I know Alan McCoyce was not the star player. Uh, Super Ali was the star player when he was playing for Rangers. We'll just move on for that. <laughs> uh, so our main character I don't, I can't remember what his name is I'm sure I've probably written it somewhere later on but um, so our kind of surfer dude he's setting up the internet still and I'm just like holy fuck learn how to touch type mate it's like one f- one finger key at a time when the internet first came about and you had to put the disc in and dial up you were a fucking touch typing genius I assume yeah I'm a fucking I am a computer genius I'm a great touch typer I don't believe that. I'm t- but I am. Have you got a keyboard in front of you right now? No, I don't own a computer. Oh. Therefore, I, I definitely don't believe <laughs> in your skills <laughs> as a touch comu- I use a computer at work. Honestly, I'm a good touch typer. I actually thought about making some money on the side by, um, like, typing. What do you call it? Typing? <laughs> typing? 
There's a word for it. Receptionist. Transcribing. People send you like, aye, like, t- like people send you like their uh, dictaphone stuff, and then you type it up for them. That is. Why wouldn't you just type up yourself? Because they're too lazy or too busy. One or the other. That doesn't uh, sound like a fun job at all, to be honest. No, but I'm pretty good at it, so. Maybe do it. Uh, well, I'm I'm not good at though listening and hearing the same things that people say. So I need to keep listening to their, their words. I can type it, but only if I knew what they were saying. If I don't know what they're saying, then I'm so it's going to take me forever. Surely the first hurdle to this uh, future job of yours is that you actually need a computer. Oh yeah, obviously. But I mean, yeah, you can buy them pretty cheap these days. Right. Before we go on with the movie, I'd like to ask a question about the sets in this movie. And this this is a note that that is recurring throughout the whole movie. All their rooms and houses in this movie are absolutely shite looking. Like they've went uh, location spotting in old abandoned warehouses and tried to pretend that they're living rooms and bedrooms. There is a very good chance that a lot of them actually are living rooms and bedrooms. Like, imagine going out to a mad tower block, a fucking 70s tower block in Russia. Less than 70s. It's Japan. Aye, but there's... Obviously, there'll be parts of Japan that are very fucking industrialised, so their flats and their apartments and stuff would look really rough like that. Perhaps. Yeah, but every single one of them looks disgusting. You've not got a whole lot of characters, so maybe they're just off a disgusting area. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, a software guy, he's he's connected to the internet, and then he, uh, first, I don't know how he, what he does, but he find, I think he finds one of the webcam angles and then a screen pops up that says would you like to meet a ghost and he just shakes himself and switches his computer off what would you say yes yeah how far would you go though like i would assume that someone saying would you like to meet a ghost i think it was some sort of sexy cyber game <laughs> but uh, yes take ghost's clothes off <laughs> <laughs> put willie inside ghost <laughs> yeah ghost sex man it happens <laughs> dan ackroyd said he was sex with a ghost Shit, I forgot that happened. Yeah. Did anything ever come of that? No. Well, Dan Aykroyd's still quite a respected celebrity. Yeah. He's also seen The Men in Black too. Remember, we've discussed this in the show before as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Uh, so, this is when the help phone call happens. It, it's And it's like, it's weird because the sound effect comes away. So, you basically, you've been hearing this, the, 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 the sound in the movie and it's you can hear the background noise. You can hear the kind of almost like static that's just getting picked up just in general and then that all cuts out and the only thing you can hear is the whisper because it's obviously recording in a studio this this time for this this voiceover and it's just like they're up close to the mic um, whispering Disco Day Disco Day and it's actually pretty creepy I keep thinking you're saying Disco Dave and it makes it less creepy I just I've wrote uh, Disco Day like D-E-S-K-U-D-E but I don't Obviously no. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming if they write it, it would be the wee squiggles and stuff, but... <laughs> do you call it characters? What do you call them? Yeah, as in their language? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I know, but I mean, do you know what I mean? Like... I, don't, I have no idea what it's called. Yeah. I was going to say something there, but I know that it's not factual at all, so I'm not. <laughs> uh, I, I think the sound design in this entire film is quite creepy, because... That those loud whispers are so heavy in your ears, and everything else when it's like building up to the kind of creepy scenes, it's really fucking silent. 
there's like a great score and then the bits where you're going right something's going to happen something's going to happen something's going to happen it goes deadly silent yeah and the deadly silence thing totally works like especially this like, with this watching it and streaming it was uh, the noise cancelling headphones were on which does I think properly suck you into uh, to the movie when you're watching it because all outside distractions are taken away and when that deafening silence mixed with that whisper that's right in your ears Mm-hmm. It, it is quite creepy. Like I mean, I will give it that. It, that it does kind of do that. And then after the, after the whispering, the scene, they switch the light on, and the guy who killed himself uh, appears when the light gets turned on, and I got a wee fright. Yeah, it does the same as most J horrors where the the wee creepy bits actually do make you go, "Oh yeah, we fucking you, what are you doing?" And you do always get a fright. Even watching it back now, that creeped me out. I tell you what creeped me out is the next scene when the woman walking up the corridor. Oh yeah. <laughs> now that proper unnerved me. Like I don't even really know what that was, but she was walking so weird and so strange that it was it, it really was quite effective and like give me the heebie jeebies. It did that mad disjointed like head shoulder roll. Yeah. Quite quickly. That now obviously all the kind of Japanese horrors are known for, whether something will scutter towards you or that fucking weird disjointed thing that'll always freak me out. I don't understand people that can do it. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of done it a few weeks ago with your thumb. Yeah, yeah. Imagine being able to do that with all your bones. I, I, I would imagine if you were able to do it with all your bones, it would, it would uh, you'd be able to do it on purpose and not like properly your give, your, give yourself uh, lifelong injuries that I've done. <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, so, so the, you like the sound and that bit scared you. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of bits that were quite creepy, but I'm talking about this is a two-hour runtime movie, right? So with the, I mean, that's two small pieces and a long... It's fine. I'm just trying to reiterate all the bits you say are good, so then eventually at the end I can be like, well, how come you said this, 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 and this were good, and then it'll completely throw you off and you'll give it a five? Well, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see how what, what points uh, I gave it, because I will also see, because I forget. <laughs> uh, wait, I know I've got a question here, by the way, right? Where did they work? The group at the start? Yeah, the group that we followed up think- through, except the suffered did. I think it's like a kind of greenhouse slash plant shop. Yeah, that's just nonsense. It looks like the bio- <laughs> it looks like my biology lab in high school. In your dream, where you were a doctor, where were you working? Was it the hospital you actually work in? No, I was actually I was just walking down a street. I think I was looking in a field or something. I wasn't. I didn't actually do it. And it's, dreams are weird. My dreams usually involve me sitting on top of an ice cream van <laughs> with the feet with the feet of a penguin. <laughs> so it doesn't matter where they work. Maybe all of them think, "Oh, this is actually." A really cool place to work. A plant shop on top of a skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, you know, as, as you would in, in <laughs> industrial rundown by a town. <laughs> uh, now, here's a standard uh, fare in uh, Japanese movies. They love the amusements, don't they? They love the amusements in Japan. Uh, cool hair, smoking and playing the puggies. That's Japan. I've never been, but I assume that that's, that's all it is. <laughs> Very racist assumption, but okay. Would, would uh, you've been, would, is there anything else? Yeah, there are... Uh, sushi shops, <laughs> there are bars, food. there's a lot drinks? of karaoke bars as well. J food, J drinks. Yes, there's karaoke bars, there is. Hey, karaoke. There's DVD shops that aren't DVD shops because when you go into them, it's just computers full of single guys yeah, buying, buying young girls. But I did what? not know that, and we were going to try and buy a copy of Fight Club so we could watch it in the flat. <laughs> There was a crime prostitute on the stairs next to a gun when we oh, came yeah, back goodness. out. Oh yeah, an actual gun? 
an actual gun. Unless it, it was a really good prop gun, but I don't understand why a crying prostitute would be sitting next to a giant prop gun. Unless it was one of my dreams again. Maybe, maybe, maybe she was. Um, maybe she was like the guy was at. No, I'm paying. I've paid you fifty yen. So do what you want. And she says, "No, fifty yen's only like twenty pence." And he says, "Well, that's what you're getting." And then uh, she says, "Raw, I'm going to shoot you with my gun." Then and then he's like, "That's a prop gun." And then batters the hell out her. And then just but, off. And she's like, "Oh, I'm hitting my prop gun. Didn't work." And that's why she was green. It was like a giant kind of assault rifle type looking gun. <laughs> like a giant. Like I don't know. I I still do not know what was going on at that point. We walked downstairs. She was sitting on top of it, like the kind of landing, crying, and on the windowsill next to her, also on the landing, was this kind of assault rifle gun. Did you think about picking it up? Absolutely not. Why would Why would you ever pick it up? That way, when you're walking behind something, you like to think, oh, like you get that urge to kick the baby, or like. You know, slap food at people's mouths or like repeat the words they've just said. Do I ever think of getting between a crying Japanese prostitute and her gun and picking it up? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Imagine what could have happened. I'd like to actually go back and see what really happened at that point. Because maybe it wasn't a gun and maybe she wasn't a prostitute and maybe I just. You know how I like to run with things? I've made this up in my head and then over the years it's just became like clearer and clearer. That I'm now convinced this actually happened, but maybe it didn't. <laughs> but yeah. Maybe it was just just a girl crying, and it was like a Hoover on the windowsill. But you know how obviously the Japanese are so advanced in technology, the Hoover resembled a gun, like the Dysons you can get now. Very possible. There you go. So I've actually shot myself down there. Although it did happen, there's a crying prostitute. There was a gun. <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> right. I don't think I'm fully following this movie. Is it a ghost story? An internet story? A suicide mental health story? A love story? I'm not entirely sure. Is it all of it packed into this one beautiful bundle? Maybe. Maybe. I'd say it's a it's a supernatural It's a supernatural J horror with technology horror? Tech horror? Techno horror? Tech horror, techno horror. I, 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 I would assume that's a subgenre. It's probably just this movie, and then they decided that it's a subgenre that didn't need to exist. Yeah, maybe. So somebody jumps off a roof. The, gra- the graphics for jumping off the roof were pretty good. It was a consistent view from top to bottom. However, the same lassie that witnessed uh, that the guy kill himself, she was there again, and she would be shite to have an emergency. No help again. Does she even know first aid? At what point can you help the woman jumping off the building, though? Unless you're made of trampoline. <laughs> At least you can go and find out if she's alright. Oh, well, she's not going to be. She's definitely not going to be alright. <laughs> uh, the only help she can be is if she goes over with a mopping bucket and starts cleaning up. <laughs> she's never That woman's never going to be okay after jumping that height. Aye, I mean... You know, aye. You never know. <laughs> So there's right. We've got a scene here. This is when uh, Surfer Dude is now he's working with one of the like someone. They put their, their students. He's an economics student. He says that at the start. Uh, but he's struck up this friendship with a girl who is a computing student who is also kind of investigating this, these internet ghosts and trying to figure out what's going on. So they're helping each other, and somebody's showing them like I don't know, like uh, we stars or something on the screen, and it's like almost like ghosts. They're like yeah, yeah, like ghosts. He's just saying that though because he wants to bang. It's just moving white spots. Looks a wee bit like stars, like Orion's belt. But they're like, oh, that's, that's ghosts in the computer. 
Yeah, okay. Right. Right, so we get, we get given some details on the story. Right, so basically, so you following here and everybody home following. So basically, if you tape up a door and a window with red gaffer tape, after a few weeks, an internet ghost will come and get you. What? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's happened to this point. <laughs> I think it's the ghosts. Are... Do you want my opinion now or do you want it at the end? Well, it depends if it's an end. I just... The ghosts are kind of coming from the computers. The people that are blocking up the door are just trying to block up because they've maybe seen the ghost and they're trying to keep it in there. But then quite quickly after they tape up the door, as he found the kind of chat room that's called the Forbidden Zone, they're taping up the door as if this is also forbidden, there's a ghost in here, stay away. But then they go and kill themselves. So everybody you see taping up the doors then are the ones that, like the woman at the end, threw herself off the silo. So, but I mean, surely if you tape up the room yourself inside with the internet ghost, then you kill yourself. You're just giving the world another ghost. But I, I know, but I don't think it's really about that. I don't think it's about just kind of giving the world ghosts. I think the fact that the ghosts are there meant to be that there, uh, there is nothing after life. Like they just keep going there. I think the whole thing's meant to be about the internet being like. Like how it can totally isolate you. Obviously, this was in the early days before social media and stuff, but it will ring truer now than then. So these people are engrossed. If there's if you sit in the computer, you're whatever age you were when dial-up internet came. You're sitting in a chat room. You're up all night. You're isolating everybody else out with out with you and this computer screen. And if technology keeps advancing, that's all you're going to do. You're never going to come away from that. You're going to lose all your relationships with people out with the house you're you're gonna you're gonna survive solely for this thing in front of you and then eventually like that as life doesn't get any better and you just lose the will to live you become so isolated that you might as well you're dead you're dead anyway okay (laughs) i yeah i think i think i'm i think i'm kind of following it a bit However, the second half of the movie, I've got a lot of questions. Okay. <laughs> right, so here we go. I do, I do think it's it's so kind of dreamlike that logic will take a backseat. There's things that won't make sense, and there's things that no matter how much you try and explain it, it's not going to make sense. It was just there for the sake of it. I think it's meant to be a social commentary that is just about, yeah, a kind of negative commentary about technology and the internet and it's heady but it's not his heady it's early days so like when the logic goes out the window I think it's just that you have to kind of give that a buy I know you shouldn't but I think it's one of the movies the, to. yeah well the, the logic went out the window a long time ago <laughs> right now why was uh, Junko entering a room that had been gaffetted from the outside how did he manage that how did he manage to get in yeah without take the gaffer tape off but it was all taped up. Right, so... Uh, yeah, exactly. No logic. Uh, <laughs> then uh, she's in the shop. Why is the shop alarm going off? Oh, and then she drops her pot in the door. And here's a question. Why do they all have, like, six cans of Coke on their tables? Did you notice this? Is this no, I didn't. Mean something? I didn't, I didn't notice that. But if you are someone who only sits in front of the computer all day, you drink a whole lot of sugary drinks and energy drinks, so... Okay. Uh, right, Surfer Dude uh, goes outside. He didn't bring a jacket, but he remembered an umbrella. 
just looked daft. Maybe he, his cool tattoos in his arms he wants to show off so he's not going to wear a jacket, but at the same time, he's not going to get wet. It's all about the fashion, isn't it? Yeah. Good fashion in Japan. Even if they live in shithole houses, they still get nice clothes. That is based solely in this movie as opposed to the, the Japanese actually live in shite houses. I, I know, well, this this movie is a negative representation, but the thing is, somebody watches Trainspotting and thinks that we are junkies, so it's part and partial with life. <laughs> uh, so, what the hell happened there? Did she just melt into the wall? Yeah. Somebody melts into the wall. See this? Yeah. I think that that is to show that they then, because of all the kind of ghosts, like the ghosts feel isolated, so maybe the ghosts are coming back to try and get a connection with the people that are through the computer screens. But there's then some sort of transition where the people on this side of the computer screens are becoming so isolated and lost. They're thinking, fuck, there's no much to live for here. What have I got? I've lost all meaning. And then were they fading away? Is it just that they're then fading away into obscurity? They just, people go in and out of your life because you're not paying attention to them? I mean, this is like looking deeper into it. I, I enjoy movies that, that have deeper meanings and social commentaries, but I also want them to have a plausible story on the base of it as well, so that like simpletons like me can like follow something all the way through. Yeah. So I, th- I totally enjoy what you're saying, like about people getting lost in the internet, because it's that's if that's something that was predicted back in 2000 by this filmmaker and this writer, that's pretty good because it's definitely happened. Now we're 20 years later, but like I'd still have preferred a movie that made sense. Yeah. And it's also big yeah. that as well as having an internet ghost and everybody knowing about the red gaffer tape trick, that the wind was also in it and then blew away all Junko's wee bits. <laughs> all Junko's wee bits. Yeah. <laughs> My next one says, uh, when videos are two frames a minute, they're no good to watch. I think that's a reference to uh, old school porn. Can you remember old school porn? Yeah, remember, like, it was like Napster and stuff like that, and the uh, file share or whatever it was, and you, you used to could download pictures, and you would download them, and it would take forever to download, and then they would just come like a line at a time, chuk, 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 and then you'd be like, these and boobs. You would download like Courtney Cox tits, and it would take aye, a good eight minutes to download, and when it came, it was just... The a porn photo <laughs> with somebody with the worst Photoshop ever. Like if Microsoft Paint had put Courtney Cox's head in the shoulders. Like if you could put Darren back to two thousand, like and, and for the, his Photoshop skills, like just now, with the, with putting her daft heads on different pictures, he would be a god to those oh, yeah. back then. Like he would actually, you'd still rip the head off it because <laughs> you'd be convinced it really was Courtney Cox. Yeah. Right now, I've got a question again about the ghosts. How does this peeping Tom ghost get the cameras into the rooms? The cameras are already kind of built into their computers, their webcams. No, but it's like filming them from behind. It's like something completely detached from their computers. I think that's supposed to be the creepy thing because it's not like it's filming like like you when you get your laptop and it's got a camera in the the, the screen and it's getting activated. It's like it's like no cameras. But how can you possibly film something with nothing? No, I'm sure it's the webcams that on the first picture. It's like the webcams in air kind of mirror. And that's why you're then getting the reflection back and it creates all these pictures. Most of the other cameras you're seeing, if not all of them, are you're looking from the computer screen, you're looking into the room. Hmm. Okay, alright, okay. Uh, my next note, now I don't remember which part of the movie it is, but it basically says, she can't hear you, Kawashima, she is smooching an internet ghost. <laughs> it's just 
ghost sex again. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think this is, we're still following uh, Kawashima, who is the surfer dude, right? So, Kawashima. Now, he's watching the news. The name's right, Ryo, it's like Ryosuke. I don't know how you pronounce that, but it's spelled R-Y-O-S-U-K-E. I only know that because it's right in front of me. Well, who the hell is Kawashima? Uh, I don't remember that name. Is Kawasaki's real name or is... <laughs> None of them are called Kawasaki. Just... Uh, the girl is called Haru Karasawa. Kurosawa? Karasawa. Karasawa. Right, so... so I, think, yeah, I think you're talking is... about his... The wee, the wee computer IT bird that uh, our surfer dude fancies. Yeah, that's Haru. So his surfer, yeah. dude, surfer dude's called Kawashima? No, he's called... Re, I can't pronounce it. Ryo is, is, he, is he called that in the movie or is that his like, actor yeah. name? No, that's what he's called in the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, right, well, someone is watching the news in some shanty town shack. And then just leaves the shack and just finds a random vendy that's unlocked and open. <laughs> you know? What is that about? It's just, it's just in the corner of a street. Where's the plug sockets? Not to mention the fact that it's lying open and he just steals a can of juice or whatever it is he takes it. Pull a can of Coke. It probably is plugged in. Bear in mind, there will be... We get vending machines in any fucking city. I know, but knowing the street that that was in. Aye, but this is then where it's the end of the world. This is like about like 28 days later. Oh no, we're, in, we're getting there. We're getting there. Right. So, is the vending machine just lying open because there's nobody there to maintain it? Right, can I ask? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 let's keep, right, keep, we'll go back to that, sorry. Uh, so, it's probably plugged in on the road somewhere. Even if it does look random, but it's Japan, man. I know, but that just seems so strange to me. Right. Where the fuck did Haru get a gun? Where did he get the gun? Oh, was this not after he. The last he shot him. Oh no, we were way before that. Then I have no idea. I don't know about yeah, it. She just she just appears with a gun. Uh, then they're, they're, they're driving or whatever it is, and they need to go gas, and he takes fucking forever because he needs to put the lid in the gas tank. And you're like, do you really need the lid on it? You're just running over there to fill the car up. Like what you what you find? That, that's they're then they go down and they they go to a warehouse and they find his wee fancy bit, and they and she shoots herself in front of them. Then they run over and he's all upset and that, and then they take the gun and then they get in the car. That's where they get the gun from. I remember the person shooting themselves, but I, I wouldn't have. Where, where did they get that gun from then? We must have been following this character and then she just pulled a gun from nowhere. Because they were trying to get her, and this the woman just. The girl appeared all bleak and dreary because she's like, oh, I'm fucking shite. I'm isolated, the world's shite. The, there's nothing there. These ghosts are. The, this is our life. And then she walks out of the warehouse and they're like, oh, there's whatever her name is. And then she goes, shoots herself. Right, then, okay, right, fair enough. I'll accept so that. So then they would take the gun because if somebody shot himself in front of you, you would always take the gun. If you never had a gun and you wanted one. Yeah, I always take the gun, eh? If you ever see a crime <laughs> prostitute with a gun that she's not holding, take the gun. Lesson learned. <laughs> Liam, lesson learned. No, how did, so he was, he was, how did he get away from the internet ghost? He's not away from it yet. He keeps kind of like going into it, he keeps getting drawn into it, and it's your, our main lassie that we're following that kind of pulls him away and gets him out of the car, and that's them um, they're realising that fucking Japan's going to shit. Like, this is it, this is an apocalypse. Yeah, that's what we're here. So now they're driving away. Is it an apocalypse, Internet Ghost? Yeah. 
Yes, okay. And why is there charred bodies like the Dream and Terminator 2? I think it's the whole movie's been so kind of like foreboding. And the bit where, where you say that you, you don't know where the cameras were, but it felt like someone was watching. I think that feels there through the whole movie. You feel like somebody's watching, you feel like somebody's there, that something's lingering in the background. And I think the whole thing that's been lingering is the apocalypse. Because of the internet, because of technology, it's, it's drags people away from what's actually important in life. And then they just all start dying off, but social suicide or whatever, they're dying off and the world is ending. And now they're trying to get through it. They charred bodies, possibly because the, the worst thing to happen to Japan was like Hiroshima and atom bombs. Do you think it is about uh, Hiroshima? Or is that clutching at straws? I mean, obviously, I, I never experienced it in this country, so obviously, I don't even know if I was alive when it happened, I don't think I was. I don't know. I just did the charred bodies and stuff. Then I guess it's something yeah. you don't really forget. If a, if a, a different country dropped a nuclear bomb in your country, yeah, and that would explain then how the, the embers and kind of that float about, and they become just big black smudges like the people in Hiroshima and stuff like that. So maybe that is just that. This is the worst thing they've seen. So at the end of the world, this is what would be left, like the near end of the world that they. They experienced, possibly, but as yeah, maybe as clutching at straws, maybe. No, I mean it's uh, it's good though, you know. Uh, so they they drive away, and he's still in this kind of knocked out state, like no life force, and they get to the sea, and there's a boat waiting for them, like a wee, uh, you know, James Bond's uh, t- uh, Tomb Raider two th- uh, sailing through Venice boat, and they jump in it, and why the hell is he driving the boat in his state? What a misogynist! <laughs> I don't think he is driving it. I think that's another guy, is it not? No, there's only two of them. Oh, it's the wee boat, isn't it? Yeah, the wee boat. Uh, she was driving it? No, she drove the car. He drove the boat. Are you sure? Well, I wouldn't have wrote the note if it never happened. Yes, she would have. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your notes. I've seen the way you take notes. Well, yes, she would have. I'm not, I'm not going to rewatch the movie to double-check all these facts or potential non-facts. <laughs> I'm sure she's driving the boat and he just sits kind of catatonic in the back. Mm, I don't know. But they they then get on the big boat. How the fuck do they get on the big boat? It's climbing the ladder at the side. And the the big boat is the boat from the very start, the, the hard-to-port boat, as if the, yeah. the movie's done full circle. So Kawashima is dead, or Ryosuke, whatever you, whatever you call him. Is that when he then disappears? Yeah. Yeah, because I think he's just then lost the will to live. Did he just turn into wee bits as well? Yeah, he's been caught with the whatever this is, whatever this supernatural force is, and he just fades away. And then she says she's left there with her only friend. Does she mean the guy driving the boat, or does she mean herself? Is she just as isolated and then she's going to go? Or does she mean the ghost? Or does she mean the ghost? Because some people say the internet is their only friend. Losers, not me. Obviously, <laughs> I've got real life. I've got real life friends. Yeah, they're fucking they're f- quickly dropping. If you sing the proclaimers, <laughs> fucking take shitty notes again. So I think it's to kind of make up your own mind. Then what does she mean when she says that? She looks at him, he fades away, and then that's it. It's such a fucking bleak, a bleak, dark film. 
it's amazing. It's maybe, maybe, maybe I'll watch the American remake then just to see if I get a different feel for it. Is it like a shot for shot remake? Is it the same story? No, it's it's so vastly different. Why, yeah, yeah. Why Kristen did, Bell's in it. Why did it? Oh, Kristen Bell, like her. Really? Why did it do? Yeah, why not? What what has she been in? That's good. Apart from that Ted Danson program, which she is actually made to be really good in that. And forgetting Sarah Marshall and Bad Moms and. I suppose eh? she's actually she she's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> I was attacking there for no reason. I apologise, Miss Bell. <laughs> right, so that's that's the movie finished, and I've got a final summation if you want to hear it before you tell me your opinions on the whole deal. Yes, go for it. What the fuck was going on in this movie? I don't think there was any cohesive, believable story. What was the internet ghost, and where did it come from, or where did it start? What was the red tape about? They might have explained these things in the movie, but they didn't make any actual logical sense. There was only about two creepy moments, no tension build-up, strange set locations, and only two actual scary moments. It's easy to see why The Ring became an international success, and this did not. Two dial-up tones out of five. Okay. <laughs> uh, I remember enjoying this when I first watched it. Uh, I obviously bought the American remake Blind, and then watched that, and then just couldn't bear to put it in the bin, so I kept it on my shelves. Uh, this is so unsettling. It's probably up there with my favourite Japanese horrors, apart from the the eye, like the original the eye, not the Jessica Alba one. Which was a good remake, though, was it not? It was actually an okay movie, but yeah. nowhere near as creepy or scary or as unsettling or as just fucking weird as the original. I really like this. I get that the, the logic kind of goes in and out quite a lot and I can understand why that would annoy some people but I think because it feels quite dreamlike I said dreamlike, nightmare-like the whole way through where you're so tense and you keep feeling somebody's watching you and you you don't know you don't know what's going on but you feel like there's something bad coming and that makes them with the dream thing that it allows logic to not really be at the forefront to me I understood the main concept of the story so I wasn't really put off by any bits like oh shit what did they mean by that or what did what did why did she do what she did and I can't, I usually don't like the type of movies that make you think but I kind of liked it in this where it is it's so open and out there that you don't know was it ghosts was it just people committing suicide and seeing these things was it just the internet and you can kind of make up your own mind and in this movie I actually really enjoy that and those creepy bits where it's showing you the ghosts and the, the women walking up the corridor and the kind of black smudged faces in the background are genuinely creepy they're genuinely unsettling and I think they still they still get me now because because you'd said that uh, when we picked it that oh that was tours you kind of shite I was like, right, that's it, I'm watching it in the dark. I'm going to crank up, watch it in the dark and just really see what it's like. Fully expecting to feel the same way as I did about 13 Ghosts, but honestly, I fucking really, really enjoy this film. Second top J-horror. Oh my god, no, the, the, there's some kind of creepy bits in it, yes, but just that two hours runtime and the fact that the story isn't fully cohesive and even even if you say like it makes you think and maybe I'll have some a, a bit more kind of time for it or respect for it in terms of hearing your 
analysis and interpretation for some of the scenes and decisions, but um, which I quite agree with and quite like. You know the way that your mindset went through that. I, I just think watching it, I didn't think there was enough to keep like a simpleton like me going all the way through it. But did you not think with the ghosts and stuff that that the scares there are enough that it puts you on the edge of your seat? No, I didn't think any of them were actual scares. I thought the creepy woman walking up the corridor was creepy and scary. I thought the whispering over the top because of how loud it was in my earphones was was creepy and unsettling. But in terms of everything else, it was it was very easy to see camera tricks. But then we, what would what would you have done if something, some ghost had just randomly appeared in the corner of the screen with a bang, like a big jump scare? You would have been scared at that. Yeah, they get afraid of that, yeah. So that what this movie's lacking is jump scares. Yeah, because that's obviously the, that's the way forward. That's the modern. That's oh, the modern God. way. Jump scares are fucking awful, but because now we will watch movies and we go, no. oh, fucking jump scares. Jump scares are only awful if they're not earned. When you watch a movie like a typical like churned out nonsense one that comes up, like um, Lights Out, I think was was one that was particularly comes to mind. That you get jump scares where it's not earned they just throw them in out of nowhere but if you if if you can build up the tension or create a, a story where a jump scare fits in and it's plausible then like like scream when the whole uh the first scene happens in her bedroom and she runs out and dewey's got the mask at the door that was a jump scare and it was earned so you're saying scream was scary scream's one of the best movies of all time was it scary yes at the time no, i don't think so well, I think you'll find it was. I screamed, and I also got a right big fright when I seen Drew Barrymore's dead body the first time round because it was terrifying looking, and it looked real. Uh, see, I like the I like jump scares and certain things, but for, see, see, wait, I don't think Scream was scary. Scream's a fucking amazing movie, but it's not scary. I don't, I don't find jump scares scary. Sometimes I go, oh, you bastard. They caught me with a fright, but I don't find that scary. What I find scary is coming out of the cinema or coming away from a movie and like three days later going, oh, I still I still feel fucking weird about that. Like, that's really... Have you seen Possum yet? No, yet no. Right, I watched... It was only a few weeks ago. I caught it. And that... I gave it like fucking three stars on Letterboxd and I was like, oh, it's alright. Kind of weird. And like 24 hours later, I was like... Actually, do you know what? I, feel, I still feel dirty, and I'm thinking about that movie, and it's really fucking getting me. I had a nightmare that night. <laughs> Loosely these based are, these on the, possum. Yeah, that. these are the movies that I absolutely love. Those are the ones that you want to see all the time because that's. I mean, I didn't give um, Hereditary two stars or three stars at the time, but I I didn't stop thinking about that movie for for days on end after seeing it. I love seeing movies like that. But then that so that's horror because it stays with you. It's a it's a girl terror that is eating away at you that impulse i kind of i got that because i knew something was happening i knew it was like they weren't going to be able to stop it these fucking creepy things so her walking down the hall is way creepier and lasting me way longer than if she had just appeared out the corner and went boo so i think the way the creepy things are done are, are scary to me so they're always going to come off better in a movie that if you're slowly walking down a hall disjointed, I find that way more terrifying than just a bang. I oh wait, how about this then? How about saying the um like fucked up uh, scenes, creepy things that stay with you for weeks on end, atmospheric scares and jump scares have all got their place in making a horror movie a horror movie. They do. 
Well, that's fine. <laughs> but I think to and it's not you but if you're watching this movie and you'd say that these that, that movie nothing fucking happened nothing was scary uh, just because there was no jump scares and I think that's such a wrong way to look at it no and nothing that, there, was, there wasn't a lot scary because it didn't scare me not because it wasn't jump scares because it didn't scare me I watched it and I never felt as if I had to pull my toes in at any point the only time that I thought was particularly scary was the creepy woman walking down the corridor the whispering was, was creepy but the woman walking was the scary part but in terms of like be, feeling scared watching the movie or even thinking about it afterwards nah there was none of that for me yeah do you think if you watched it it is a long run time that does bring it down it probably could do with maybe cutting 20 minutes off yeah, uh, yeah. I watched it in three parts. I'd say the story is quite cohesive, but because the his story and her story are kind of going simultaneously until they meet at the end, so a lot of jumps between those two. But so a lot of movies jump between different characters, as I wouldn't say that the the plot's not cohesive, but the logic is kind of hit or miss at times. Yeah, uh, I really really enjoyed it, as you can probably tell. No, I can tell. <laughs> I would give this a 4.5 out what? of 5. What? 4.5? Are you fucking kidding? No, a 4.5. I was going to say 4. I kind of added the 0.5 because I thought I'd get sort of reaction out of you. But... <laughs> and you fucking did. 4.5, <laughs> that, is, that is insane. Uh, oh, I, I really, it, it creeped me out and watching it, I, I then kind of remembered being creeped out when I fucking first got it and it was like Tartan Asia DVD and we watched it and the, the wee bits in the ring, the wee bits in the eye, all the, the kind of bloody shapes and shadows and the creepy disjointed walking and the tension building gets me. To me that's where I enjoy horror and that's really, it did creep me out even watching it now it's still up to me a wee bit and I, I liked it in the end date that you did come away from it going what the fuck happened there? And then you still think about it because it's still creeping you out. You're you're then making up your own assumptions, your own explanations because I don't think there's anything there to tell you that you're wrong or you're right. And that that is a that's a kind of experience that if I gave it anything less than a four, I'd I think I'd just be talking shit because anything that gives you that much, anything that lets you go back to it for a few days after or even hours after and lets you revisit different points that's that's amazing yeah 4.5 fuck it go fuck yourself yeah <laughs> you know what that is fair enough it's an individual score so that's that's completely up to you and if it does if you if you did take that much away from it then yeah that's that, that is a kind of fair enough for me it's absolutely not anywhere near a 4 or 4.5 but that's 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 the beauty of cinema we all take away different things. So the cumulative Scott and Liam score is six and a <laughs> half out of five. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm surprised you didn't like it. I thought I thought the wee creepy bits would have creeped you out enough. But when the runtime was two hours, I did also think I'd, I'd lose you at that point. So I'd have been happy if you'd gave it a three, at least a three. Come on. I know. I'm no. I'm, I'm staying about a minute. Remember all those bits you liked earlier on, though. That two bits, no enough. That's two. I gave it two, two bits. And remember, the director is like really well respected, so that was an automatic two above that. So you also got a four. <laughs> no, two. Yeah. Any more? I'll give it. I'll give it a one point five. This is actually our first J horror episode since like, uh, was it the ring? 
Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. Eh? It will be. Or house, house. Oh yeah. And that was like which. Back. By the way, that one actually did. You know, I'm, I'm sure I gave that. I don't know what I can't remember what my review was like. I don't know what I thought of it at the time, but certainly, like a while afterwards, I seen uh, a still online, like uh, one of the horror groups I follow, like posted a still of of one of the scenes. And I, I screenshotted it and uh, snapped it to Rudy, who who loves uh, House Sue, and I says, you know what? I actually want to watch this movie again. So there was a lot in it that's that's kept me thinking. So I think uh, I think I do like House Sue better than than I perhaps said on the episode. And I, I remember that you both of us were like, "What the fuck is going on? Like this is so weird." But I remember I think by the end of it, we both actually went, "You know what? It's fucking memorable." And yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I think we did come to that conclusion. But that's that. The last J horror was then in episode sixty odd, which that's not on. So I'm going to pick a J horror at least every ten episodes, just to fuck you up. Well, I'm going to pick something brilliant for my next week. So is it going to be Good. better than Marabone? Oh yeah, and uh, yes, <laughs> everything's better. Uh, cool. So we'll take a short break right now and we'll be back after it to close out the show. What up, fuckers? It's Bam Margera here from Jackass and Viva La Bam and you are listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. So have you been watching anything else other than Amazing J-Horror that you didn't appreciate? I have started watching Line of Duty. It's actually pretty good. Martin Compton plays a cop. It's se- there's four seasons on the go just now. It's like on BBC, but we've you can get it on catch-up. We're back at season one. It's really fucking juicy, man. It's really good. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not heard of it, but it doesn't strike me as something that I would. No, it's, uh, it's it's pretty good, and and like when you get to the then it's about it's about him investigating. No spoilers, no spoilers. He's investigating a potential bent copper, so he's in like he's in the copper unit that investigates other coppers, and then <laughs> there's like you know, <laughs> and then coppers of, enough there. Yeah, yeah, and there's a load of uh, a load of like suspense and stuff when you get to the end of the episode. So it is, it is pretty good. Um, what else I've been watching? I'm, I would, I'm not obviously caught up with Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. uh, that's already obviously started, and I have managed to see about twelve spoilers already. So I know what happens if you've seen it. If you've not seen it, I'm going to tell you what actually <laughs> happens. <laughs> I won't spoil that one. Thing is, ever that spoil has been out for long enough, I would never spoil a brand new thing. You like, you've like the dick, like the dickheads I seen on 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 Facebook today. Yeah, there was a few dickheads, and I actually avoided spoilers all day for Game of Thrones and. Mainly, I then sat and watched the two hour pre show, like kind of catch up. And 15 minutes before the end of that, the Guardian uh, notification came up on Lena's phone and gave her the spoiler. It was only like fucking 20 past nine, so the actual episode hadn't even been finished showing in the UK. And the Guardian had basically posted a notification on phones with a spoiler. I I didn't see it, so I, I found it funny, but she was fucking raging and how much of a dick move is that for the garden <laughs> very much, much dick move man spoilers are horrible like see actual spoilers I know you I, I get slagged off for it all the time but uh, they're horrible I like people who, when I, I used to read Harry Potter like fucking years ago at school I get really in it like primary five and six like, to the point I was queuing up for the books and it got to book four or five whatever one it was and queued up at midnight got it Got home, obviously couldn't read it because we had school the next day. Went to school, got into registration and there was one older boy walking up and down the halls shouting, I don't want to ruin it in case people are still reading Harry <laughs> Potter, eh, X has died. X dies at the end of the book. And I was like, 
you have got to be fucking kidding me. And I never read that book, and I then never read any more Harry Potter, and I went totally <laughs> off it because that he ruined it, and I couldn't, I just couldn't go back to it. It's shy, isn't it? Like a proper spoiler. That's like nonsense. Like b- people who want to s- specifically say a spoiler straight after it's happened. Like it's it's no. I've seen pages say if anybody gives Game of Thrones spoilers, you'll be deleted and blocked this group like instantly like no questions like because it's just it's actually there's no need there's absolutely no need it's just people being wankers yeah so anyway tell us what happened in Game of Thrones <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to? no <laughs> right okay sorry <laughs> uh, I did watch there's something else I wanted to talk about at this point no oh yeah Black Summer did you watch it? I have watched it yes all the way through? no no I've only watched the first episode you oh, tell so, me how you feel about it, and I'll tell you how I feel about it, and be prepared. I think it is brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it, and I don't normally like running zombies. Uh, I like the because it, what it has for me, which I have said many times before that I like, is the is the crumbling of society. So that part where there's still an, an element of of control or government still trying to organise and and sort everything, uh, the the beginnings of the neighbourhoods just being left empty and places abandoned and you need to try and scavenge and find your way through that that's all kind of in there as you go through there is i don't want to spoil too much are you going to watch it i don't spoil it because it is brand new uh, try to <sighs> say things that don't spoil it but also try to okay. say things that are true because everything you just described there just happened in pulse and you didn't enjoy it in pulse you're lying bastard <laughs> <laughs> The crumbling of society and the government trying to help, trying to find these people that were committing suicide, and then as the towns get quieter and quieter, and at the end of it, they're going through a fucking torn apart city because it's the apocalypse. Because All see, happened that, in that movie. I get, because I didn't get that from Pulse, I got that from Black Summer. Now, what I also seen there's a few things as, as the movie went, as the as the show went through. There is an episode about halfway through where um, one of the characters starts strutting. There's like a slow motion scene. Mm-hmm. This is not spoiling anything. There's a slow motion scene where one of the characters, one of the kind of, there's a whole group of characters, but one of them's like a main character, and uh, they are walking through this area, and it's all in slow motion with the rest of the characters kind of start to come round behind, and it's it's almost like the person's walking, like you know, like looking with this, looking their face like they're, a, they're like a high school bully. That's what it seemed like. And I just thought that that doesn't make sense to what was happening before, to what's going to happen next, and then as you get to the end, there's a lot of kind of shock things that happen throughout, and it's some of the some of the survivors make questionable decisions but it's it's probably realistic you know how in the way that I'll compare it, I'll compare it to The Walking Dead in terms of um, people like main characters will die people are making horrible decisions but the horrible decisions seem to, seem to be aligned to horrible characters as such we, you know when at the beginning when you had Shane and Rick where, where, where Shane was making all the, the decisions of no we just need to survive and if we sacrifice you know this Jimmy then that's fine because we'll live and Rick's like no we need to do what's right and you know that kind of thing so in this one, it's like people who maybe you assume to be the righteous character will then make the, the, the wrong decision and then, or not the wrong decision, but the, the, the questionable decision, you know? And so it's, so maybe it's, maybe it's a good decision, a good, uh, like, you know, like directorial and writing decision. But for me, it just felt as if that character was out of place doing a couple of those things. It also jumps like halfway through the middle. It jumps from complete terrified unknown to like a, like, Maybe a kind of a, a set piece or a sequence that you would expect to be like maybe like season three or four of a show like this. It just seems as if it jumped very fast into what they end up doing like halfway through. 
Uh, but overall, I loved it. Uh, I started watching Z Nation this morning because apparently this was a prequel to Z Nation. And then when I was watching uh, Z Nation and realising again for the second time trying to watch it, I realised how shite it is. I believe it was it was uh, Jamie had posted uh, in, the, in the group when we were talking about this, and he had posted a, a link to season two. And it was and I waited till I was watching it to find it, but it was basically it was just a, a week and a quick article about there's no season two yet but it also said in that that it's not a prequel to Z Nation it just happens to be by some of the same producers and same uh, a couple of people who directed episodes of Z Nation directed episodes of Black Summer so there is no correlation whatsoever which I was quite happy about to find out so there potentially could be a second season of um, Black Summer and hopefully enough people watched it to allow Netflix to green light a second season so my fingers are crossed what do you think of it? In your summary that Therein lies where I had issues with Black Summer before I'd even watched it. Where you've got The Walking Dead, you've got Z Nation, you've got every other fucking zombie thing that's came out recently, and I'm so sick and tired of zombies. So when I seen you and Jamie talking about it, I was like, nope, come on to fuck, oh, man. Oh, what would you prefer? What would you want to be out? Creepy Japanese bitches fucking coming at me all disjointed and that. There's loads of them. Not, where was the last Japanese creepy bitch series? That one, that one where all the wee Japanese creepy bitches sat around about that table. Do you know I never even watched that? Exactly. <laughs> that right up my street. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I was totally against it. You and Jamie were really bigging it up. I don't trust you, so I was never going to watch <laughs> it based on your uh, opinion. But Jamie, I have yet to receive... I kind of bad, although I don't think I've ever received a recommendation from him, so I didn't know if it was bad or good, so I went, right, Jamie, I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to watch it, and I watched the first episode, and do you know what I thought? It was actually really fucking good. Yeah, fucking <laughs> the, the bit at the start, again, not spoiling, with the, the family at the beginning, I found myself quite quickly being fully engrossed in what was going on there, and feeling... Like none of them looked like the the celebrity characters that you know the TV series is going to follow. Like yeah. The Walking Dead, he's walking about with a police fucking outfit and a cowboy hat. You know he's going to be the star. He looks like a star. This, it felt like I was watching an actual family. And it felt like I was watching that family get what was happening to them. And I was like, oh, holy fuck, man, this is, this is a bit more realistic than some of the other zombie things recently, I can maybe get on board with this. So by the end of episode one, I am how, willing to watch episode two. Yeah, how beautifully choreographed was episode one? Yeah. Is it like you see all the characters and showed you how they were all interrelating? It was like the same five minutes that was playing over and over again, but from different angles. I thought it was it was fantastic. It was where it's a shame that there's going to be a lot of people out there I think that think exactly like me that go, we don't need our fucking zombie thing and avoid it. I am glad that Jamie, not you, has uh, put me on to that because it really I enjoyed episode one and I definitely will watch at least episode two. If I enjoy that, I'll finish the thing. But yeah, it's actually worth checking out even if you think zombies are done. Yep, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I knew you would be. That's why I didn't tell you until this point. <laughs> I, didn't want you, I didn't want you to come out of this episode cocky. Yeah, but I'm glad you like apocalyptic things and hated Pulse. You're fucking knob. Uh, well, you know, um, what can I say? So, like Pulse, let's circle full circle back around. We started on a boat, we'll end on a boat. I started singing uh, Bridget Bardot and I will end on 
at least talking about France, I go in about a day and a half, I think, is even as much as that. One day, Thursday, early Thursday morning, I'm heading to France, and obviously I can't go visit Notre Dame, which is pretty shit, because that's the, the only reason I was going over there. I tell you, I'm going over for the pubs and the European beers. Um, yeah, the big church burnt down, but it's fine. The Eiffel Tower's still there. I'm actually quite upset about the church burning down because it was very beautiful and it's a shame. Yeah, it was very beautiful <laughs> for and the fact that uh, religion's nonsense and people probably slaved and died for building a big shrine to an imaginary no. thing. But other than that, the architecture was lovely and the story about the gypsy and the hunchback is lovely too. <laughs> it's nothing to do with religion. That is just a fucking nice building, man. That is a nice yeah. historical building that deserves to be fucking kept. Well, too bad. It's like the art school and the ABC. Exactly the same as Notre Dame. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so you're going to France. Yeah. I'm going to eat baguettes. I'm going to wear a beret. You'd actually look... Do you know what? You'd probably suit a beret because the only people that suit berets are the French or wankers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try snails when I'm over there. Try snails now in your garden. No, I watched a programme. Gordon Ramsay was uh, talking to somebody who took grew snails in our garden for eating. Uh, no, James. Sorry, James Martin. I don't think I'd fancy trying it. No. Well, I'm going to try them. I think I think they'll be like muscles, hopefully. Mm. We'll see. I'll let you know. I'll report back. Uh, as I was just try to say that uh, I hope France like really takes a shine to you and just keeps you there. <laughs> you don't come back. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I might. Uh, I'd probably prefer it if Spain took me, you know. Because I prefer Spain. It's warmer. I speak Spanish a wee bit. Spain will not take you because you've been trying to learn Spanish for five years and you've currently got a fucking vocabulary of a four-year-old child yeah. uh, with possible learning difficulties. So Spain yeah. are not going to take you because you are useless to Spain. In France, you only know two words. And you said them last episode. So have you learned any more French? J'aime jouer au tennis. I like tennis. I like to play tennis, I think. But you don't like to play tennis, so now you, you, you've actually started off your uh, dream of living in France with a lie. You don't like playing tennis. I know, I know. I'll need to, I've only got a day and a half to work in it. I'm not going to speak any French. And the thing is, the worst part is that uh, people in Paris are so rude and they just hate people who don't speak French, so I'm not going to get by. Ah, you'll be alright. Some, some people in France are rude. I don't know if they all are or not. That's what I've heard. <laughs> you've definitely pissed off France already. <laughs> Prove so me wrong, France. I hope you enjoy your holiday. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back next week. Are we going to give the group a pick now since it's going to be 96? Uh, I suppose. I suppose. Right, fine. I prefer to be on... I was hoping they would be on the fives and the zeros, but okay, let's give them 96. Because they're definitely not getting 100. We've said that plenty of times. Well, they could get 95, but then means we're not putting any out this week. No. We'll give them 96. Give them 96. Just let, let's... Do you know what? Let's... Let's give them 96. Let's give them 96. We'll be nice to them. This is our last, their last chance to redeem themselves. Uh, so we put a poll up, possibly on Sunday night. Uh, it's got to be away, so I'll try to sort it out. Uh, we'll put a poll up, and we'll just give you like fucking 24 hours to vote. We'll maybe put it on Instagram and Twitter as well. And in 24 hours you vote for whatever it is, and then it means we can record it as soon as Scott's back. But it has to be good, and it cannot star Lindsay Lohan. That's it. That's exactly it them's the rules them is the rules so uh, fuck up <laughs> you can find us online at www.scotlandleanversuseevil.com uh, Facebook group Twitter Instagram iTunes SoundCloud 
Spotify. I think that's it. I'm about to throw this cat out the fucking window. Uh, I hope you enjoy your holiday, Scott. Thank you. Uh, I hope you enjoy your house and your work. I will. And whatever pubs you go to over the weekend. Yeah, what am I doing? Oh, I've got a 30th on Saturday. I'll oh, shit you. Party time. 30th on that, actually, that fun. There's people uh, coming to terms with their own mortality. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you guys <laughs> for episode 96. <laughs> Bye. Later. <laughs>